The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. We are pleased to have you on board as we talk about the Sport of Kings each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on. And by now, you should know if it's left and or right coast you live on. Every weekend brings us one Saturday closer to the first one in May, and that's always when Derby Day is, first Saturday in May, 10 weeks and counting, and it will arrive. I mean, it will arrive before we know it. Right now, we've got snow, rain, depending on what part of the country you are in. You've either got two feet of snow or 10 inches of rain, and you're about sick and tired of it, but the roses will be in bloom, and there's no better place to be on that first Saturday in May than Churchill Downs. It'll be here before we know it, as I said, and I can't say it enough because it always creeps up on us. You're already starting to see the cards on Saturday picking up steam, and the future wager uh, number one, pool number one, is already in the books. We're going to cover that, but let me throw a little bit about winning ponies at you. We're all dialed in, and up on the action, and you can bet your bottom dollar that we will be zoomed in on all your favorite circuits to make handicapping fun and profitable. State-of-the-art handicapping techniques provide you with most of the accurate picks, tips, and up-to-the-date information on horse racing, including uncensored results of our selections. We're not going to go back and change. (laughs) No way. It's going to be the exact same as if you bought them, you took a look at them, you're going to know every single thing about it. So be prepared this winter, the remainder thereof, with our Aqueduct picks, Santa Anita picks, and Gulfstream picks. And the best part about it, the prices for the handicapping picks are extremely reasonable, and the performance of the selections will blow you in the competition away. Currently, selections for a full 10-race card cost you $750. In addition, if the racing is in progress, you only pay for the picks of the remaining races. That is $0.75 cents a race. Okay, you come in, you want a bit aqueduct, there's three races left. You're not going to get dinged like most data services provide. You're not going to get dinged for the entire amount. Yep, you're going to be prorated down, and you are going to get the best offer in town. Take a look at it. I Call me a fibber. Call me a liar. I think it's one of the better ones I've actually seen, and they do not put it out 72 hours in advance. Good stuff there. That's winningponies.com. What's on the docket for tonight? Makes me sound like a judge, doesn't it? Recap of last week's races, if you were under a rock or maybe in jail for that reason. Future wager number one, the final odds. Some of them may surprise you. I took a gander at it today. I was like, whoa. This week's special guest is the giant killer. Giant killer. And boy, does he hate that name. 
It's Harry Allen Jerkins. When it's Mr. H. Allen Jerkins likes to be called the chief. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. I got a chance to speak to him a few times and his lovely wife, Elizabeth. And I think you're going to like it. And he's done quite a bit. If you ever pull him up and uh, Google him and uh, actually take a look at the achievements that he's done, my goodness, incredible. Alan Jerkins is going to be our special guest, segment number two. Then we go from news from the world of racing, which is always enlightening, because I know that you can't get it all and you can't remember it all. Then we go to final furlong handicapping with yours truly. Expecting a couple calls tonight. Got a, got a zip and a zoom from our man Dangerous Dan. Yep. Somebody paid the ransom, got him out of the closet, and he is back. He might be calling us in with a possible winner or two. And the Cincinnati kid, you talk about the Daily Double right there. These guys can handicap a bit. So they might be giving us a call a little later in if they, uh, if they set the alarm and they'll be listening up here to Mr. Jerkins, myself, and if I don't put them to sleep, maybe they'll actually give us a call as I'm actually watching the Meadowlands here. Woodbine Harness, Delta Downs, it's always action out there. It is, it's Harness, it's quarter sometimes, but you got to take what you get. Let me run through the recap of last week's races. Can I get you caught up to speed? Fairgrounds race number nine on February 13th. The Pelletary Stakes, a mile and 16th on the dirt. Winner is the 1A Clear Sailing, Shane Sellers. Boy, is that a name you're glad to hear back in the yards. Wins by a dirty neck, wide rally up late. Paying 10 bucks for Glenn Delahousie. Part of the entry there. Gulfstream race number seven, the Hurricane Birdie Stakes. Six and a half on the dirt, $125,000 up for grabs. Winners the four K's and J's. Jose Lescano aboard, winning by a half a length. Three wide and prevailing down the lane, paying 740 Trainer Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell's a California guy. What's he doing down there? Race number nine, Gulfstream Park, the Gulfstream Park Sprint Championship. Grade two, seven panels on the dirt. Winners of the five, Munnings, Javier Castellano. And I'm going to say it till the day that I turn blue. This guy is one of the most underrated riders out there. Wins by a solid length, all out prevailing down the lane, paying $4 for Todd Fletcher. Not about ready to call him money, man. Don't want to lay the jinx on him here. Oakland Park, race number nine, the Martha Washington Stakes. 75000 up for grabs. The short stretch of the mile winner is the one decelerator, Terry Thompson, winning by a length. Spurted through the rail of the quarter pole, paying 640 to win for D. Wayne Lucas. D. Wayne, back to the winner's circle. Santa Anita, race number four, the Las Virginia Stakes. One mile on the all-weather surface. Winner is the one blind luck. Rafael Bejarano winning by a dirty nose is the overwhelming favorite. Three wide into the stretch and just up at the wire paint. 240 to win for Jerry Hollendorfer making the backers and the bridge jumpers actually just kind of uh, get their spot on the uh, Golden Gate there. But uh, blind luck getting up by a dirty nose of Rafael Bejarano. Santa Anita race number six, the Robert B. Lewis takes a grade two a mile and 16th on the all weather. $150,000 up for grabs. Winner is number four, that is Cora Cortado, Paul Atkinson in the irons, winning by a length and three quarters, three wide into the lane, and clears paying 11 bucks. I believe that is Spanish for Scarface. Cora Cortado for Mike Mikowski, very nice indeed. 
Santa Anita, the Santa Maria Handicap, grade 2, a mile and 16th, $250,000. Winners of three, St. Trians. Joel Rosario wins by a length and three quarters, four wide into the lane. Four wide, I thought it was more like seven if you actually go back and see it, but Joel Rosario, I'm not about to squabble with him because he knows what he's doing. He knows his way to the winner's circle, paying 460 to win for Mike Mitchell. We just heard him. He was down at Gulfstream, now he's at Santa Anita. The Stroop Stakes, grade two, a mile and an eighth on the all-weather, $200,000 up for grabs. The five Geronimo Martin Garcia in the irons, winning by a length and a quarter. Split foes at the 16th pole and gets up to pay $24.80 for Michael Pender. Then on to the Dust Commander at Turfway Park in a mile on the all-weather service. Winners of the two, Forest Attack, Tommy Pompel in the irons. Wins by a sweet four-length victory. Split horses and clears. 11.40 to win for Mike Maker, who just rules Kentucky. And then Turfway Park had two $50,000 stakes on this day to make it up for the weather. The Likely Exchange wins by number six, Ladies Laughter, Johnny McKee in the irons, winning by half a length. Five wide lugged in, but just in time to pay 8.80 for Charles Lepresti. Very nice race indeed. Johnny can... Uh, he can give you some gray hair down the line. But, hey, that's what horse racing is all about. Tampa Bay Downs, the Suncoast Stakes, a mile and 40 yards on the dirt. Hey, I like that, a mile and 40 yards. $75,000 up for grass. Winners the 10, Diva Delight. Rosemary Homeister, Lady H, winning by a length and three quarters. Fan four wide and edge clear, paying six twenty to win. Congratulations, Rosemary. Then we have the Sam F. Davis, a gray three, a mile and a 16th at Tampa Bay Downs. Winner is the one rule. I believe we gave this one out on last week's show. John Velasquez wins by three as the overwhelming favorite. Repulse the bid of Schoolyard Dreams and drew off to pay $4 for Todd Pletcher. I'm not going to say money, man. Don't worry. There's not going to be any jinx with Todd Pletcher's name. Tampa Bay Downs, the Endeavor Stakes, a great three. Winners the 12, Lomaki, Chris DiCarlo. And this was on the turf, and I think he might be one of the most underrated turf riders. Paying 7.20 to win. And then we go on to the Santa Anita, and this is on the 14th. This is Valentine's Day. The La Canada Stakes, a grade two, a mile and an eighth in the all-weather. Winner is the number four striking dancer, Alex Solis, a length and a half into the lane. Four wide, paying 28.60 for Kenny McPeak, Kentucky, California. He doesn't care. And I'll run down the final Pool number one, future book wages for Kentucky Derby wagering here. Number one is Akenine, opening up at 30-1, to one, final 54-1. to one. Number two is American Lion, opening up at 20-1, to one, currently 41-1. to one. The three, Buddy Saint, opening up at 12-1, to one, currently 10-1. to one. The four, Concord Point, opening 30-1, to 99-1. to one. How sweet. The five, Conveyance, opening up at 12-1, to one, now 33-1. to one. The six, Dave and Dixie, 20 to 1, now 28 to 1. Then we got Dry Fly, who goes off at 46 to 1. Dublin is 20 to 1. Escondera, 22 to 1. Jackson Bend, 27 to 1. That's a heck of a price there. Looking at Lucky is 8 to 1. Make Music for Me, 99 to 1. Maximus Ruler, 76 to 1. Noble's Promise, 36 to 1. Ron the Greek, 1 to watch, 31 to 1. We got rule twenty four to one, stay put forty nine to one, super saver twenty to one, tis chrome thirty seven to one, uptown Charlie round thirty four to one, Vale of York twenty six to one, Williams Kitten fifty four to one, and all of the three year olds are. 
three to two. So there they are. That's pool one, Kentucky Wager. All right, it is time to head out to our break, and when we return, we're going to be chatting with Hall of Fame trainer Mr. Alan Jerkins here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. This is our second segment, and this is where we have on our special guest of the week, and Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to have on Hall of Fame trainer, Mr. Alan Jerkins. Good evening, Alan. How are you? How are you doing? I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, I'm really glad we could actually uh, have a little bit of uh, chat time here. I was actually going over uh, all of your uh, accomplishments, horses, and and I and I came back with about eight hundred pieces of paper. 
<laughs> so that either means you've had one heck of a career or uh, it's just this one heck of a career. I I'm going to lean towards uh, one heck of a career. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jerkins, uh, once again, thanks for taking your time to join us as our special guest. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to know a little bit for our listeners, how does a lad from Long Island, New York, begin your career in racing? Well, of course, my father had horses, and, and, and he had riding horses before, and he always used to fool with a few racehorses, and I became attached to the racehorses at a very young age. And uh, he used to try to uh, get them back to the races, and we were successful with a few of them. And then I went to gallop horses at Aqueduct, the old Aqueduct, when I was 16 years old. And uh, I kind of went on from there. We had trouble getting started, but then we got lucky with a few horses. And then I got a, a couple of owners that wanted to, thought I was pretty good at taking care of the horses, and uh, I got lucky. I had a couple of people that claimed a few horses, and I got started, and I got going. I'd call it a, a little bit more than lucky. Uh, the old adage, the harder I work, the luckier I get, uh, I definitely think belongs in your corner. I have to ask you, you're surrounded by a great supporting cast. Your, uh, your wonderful wife, who I had the chance to chat with quite a few times, I know she's tired of me calling, and uh, <laughs> so, we, so we can actually get this uh, going. And your sons, Alan, Steve, Jimmy, Julie, and how did you uh, balance a busy life as a trainer, and how did this interact with being a husband and a father? Well, it didn't work out too tough because uh, I would be home for for um, uh, supper, and then I'd go back to the barn for a little while, and it worked out pretty good. And when the children were young, the two boys would come with me to the barn to to see what was going on and help out, and and we kind of went on that way, and we. We, we had to move them to Florida several times when they were young and take them in and out of school. I don't know how we did it when you look back on it, but we did it, and uh, it worked out okay. <laughs> yes, yes, I'd say they did. And I wanted to allude to your son, Jimmy, uh, 20 years, I believe, at your side uh, learning your trade, yeah. uh, probably 20-plus years. Uh, yeah. What are your feelings about his skills and uh, degree, and do you have any wishes for his stable? Well, of course, you. Uh, it's hard to swallow when... When you lose a horse like that, quality horse, you know, and uh, yeah, but that's part of the game, and and uh, he, can, he he's good enough a horseman to overcome it, and he, he he's always done pretty good with most of the way. He's won two Breeders' Cups, so I think that's pretty good, and uh, he's going to do okay, and and Stephen's doing better than he was, so I think everything will be okay. Oh, forgive me. I, I love Steve. And please, uh, Steve, forgive me as well. You know, you mentioned Quality Road. Uh, in anything that I believe Quality Road will be and has been is is in, in great due in part to his efforts. And uh, and and I think that uh, you know, if Quality Road is, is meant to be the 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 horse that uh, possibly many many of the fans actually think so, I, I have to give a tip of the cap there that uh, got him off to an awfully good start. Yes, he did. Alan, I have to say, uh, you dislike the name Giant Killer, and I promise you I would never bring it up, but I know that well, you... Not that I don't it, dislike it, but there's a lot of other Giant Killers, too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but you, it, did, it did work out in those days. It seemed that we had, we had pretty good luck beating some of the big horses in those days. Yes, you did, and that was the part about it there. I was going to say, you, you, you've upset some of the greatest... You know, uh, some of the greatest of greats in racing. How does it feel to play the spoiler? Well, it, it um, when 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 it did happen, 
we we were just thought that uh, you see when the great horses run, they generally chase a lot of the horses away. So you have a chance to to at least be in the money. And a couple of times, uh, the like secretary wasn't at his very best that day, and our horse was, and uh, that's what makes the difference. It doesn't matter how good a horse is if he doesn't have if he doesn't come up with his good game on. Uh, and some other horse is going to run his big game, you know, they can get, they can be had. You know, that might have been a, a slap mouth insult not intended to be when I said spoiler, because horses can't read the odds board, and you don't bring your horse over uh, intending to lose by any means. You know, I was watching on YouTube, and I, and I was watching the race. I must have watched it a hundred times down the stretch between Onion and Secretariat, uh, you know, the way, the way they actually called the race, they kept calling Secretary coming back, but it looked like that uh, you had had him at bay from the eighth pole in. Uh, just, can you put that into words, how you felt? I mean, was your heart somewhere in your stomach that day? Well, you know, they, we watched the race in the infield. They, they saddled the horses in the infield that day. I never remember him doing it before or since. And we, we stayed in the infield to watch the race, and when he went beyond the tote board, it looked like Secretary was catching him, and we just knew that he would probably be in front of him when they came in view again, but uh, he wasn't. And like you say, right near the end, uh, Onion was, was holding his own, if not maybe pulling away slightly. And Vasquez was riding him close, too. He, he, he rode him as close as you can ride another horse without bothering him. And that, that, that helped, too, you know. In my in my opinion, I look back, and I mean, there's some fine riders out there today, and of no disrespect whatsoever to any of them, but it seems like some of the, and when I say old-timers, guys that aren't riding any longer, and they're not currently riding, it seems like these are the small things that, that gave them the edge. They held them in a little tighter. They wouldn't let them have coming right up a clean rail. A guy like Cordero would not would have maybe bumped you a little bit and uh, would have kept you in kind of tight. Do you feel that the riders... Uh, they Back do that today, too. <laughs> they do that. There's a couple of them that can do that pretty good today, too. <laughs> oh, you, you bet your bottom dollar there are. There's some guys out there that they really get down to it. There's a lot of money on the line. Yeah. Alan, Alan in, in 1973, you were voted into you were voted an Eclipse Award for Outstanding Trainer, which is incredible. And in 1975, you became the youngest trainer to be inducted into Racing's Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you capped this off with more than 160 plus stakes winners. And the name the Chief rolls in. Where did the name Chief come in for you? Well, one of my closest uh, associates, uh, his name was Robert Grayson, and he he started calling me Chief first, and then. I don't know how it just, and then later on it just kept, everybody started calling me Chief, so <laughs> some people picked up on it and they call me Chief now. Well, I'll tell you what, you, you'll be the Chief. I definitely won't allude to the other name. It'll be Chief uh, chief for me as well. Mr. Jerkins, you've had a career that has spanned over many decades. What have you observed as a trainer as far as what has changed from when you began to the present day now? Well, it's a lot different. They have See, we didn't have any turf racing when I first started racing. Uh, and that became very popular in this country, the turf racing. And um, there's so much, like, and we didn't have the gimmick betting, too. I don't know whether that helped the game or not. But, uh, of course, there's so much more competition for the gambling dollar nowadays that uh, they have to keep on thinking new things. You know, years ago, racing was the only only gambling. There was no, no um, lotteries and... 
people didn't bet on other sports as much, and there was no no casinos in America either. I don't think at the time. I, I think you're 100% right. And, you know, with every trainer, and we've had on a bevy of, of, of big-name trainers, and yourself now included, that, you know, we always usually touch on that uh, briefly, that once upon a time, horse racing won by default. It was the only game out there. Yeah. And, and now there, there's there's casinos that you can bet online. You you can you Now that there's sports betting, I believe in Delaware, and now they're looking at it in New Jersey. I mean, it just looks like it just it's more ever present, and there's more competition for that dollar. And I think uh, you know, in racing, as as part of being management's end of it, I think we need to do something special to kind of bring the people back to the game. Well, I don't know what can be done. You see, and another thing, years ago, a lot of the a lot of the horses that were, were owned by owners that that. Uh, had horses for a long time. They bred their own. They had their own trainer, and uh, now it's it's a lot different. A lot of a lot of owners have several trainers, and uh, they don't breed the horses like they used to. Their own horses as much as they used to. Oh, that's very true. Green Tree Stable and Calumet Farm and oh Brookmeads and uh, I can't think of more Christianas and all. They all bred their own horses, and and you know they could and they were very wealthy and they could afford it. Seemed like it was more of a family business, got uh, handed down generation to generation. Alan, with, with every trainer worth his salt, and uh, they always run into, it seems luckily, some very solid owners who make their, uh, who make their career. In, in your corner, who are some of the partners that you've teamed up with over the years? Well, when, when I first started, I had a man named Eddie Seinfeld, and he, he claimed um, Admiral V. He, he was my first big stake winner. And... Um, then when I question, I was I had a, a pretty I had a good public stable when I met Mr. Dreyfus, and then he asked me to train for him, which which was very good. He says um, you could it'll be just like you have a public stable because I'll claim some horses and buy some horses too. So that worked out good for the long time. And then he he got interested in the medical fields, and he didn't pay that much attention to the breeding the last twenty years he was alive. But it was so much fun to working for him because, like, it was just like having a public stable. You could buy if you wanted to buy. You could buy a horse. And it was just great. Which I was just lucky all the way. Well, I don't know if I if I'm ever going to believe in lucky, but it's lucky to meet wonderful people that actually uh, let you establish your career. Looking back over a wonderful uh, uh, career that began on July fourth, nineteen fifty, with your first winner with Populous at Aqueduct to the present, uh, who stands out in your mind as the best horse you've trained and why? Well, I guess uh, I guess Sky Beauty had the most class. You know, we had a lot of good horses, and I have a. Uh, we had a good horse um, for Mr. Shields. Um, any any limit was. Uh, he's been a very good owner and a good supporter of me. And uh, he, he's still going to have. I'm pretty sure we're still going to come up with some good horses for him. I, I definitely like your optimism there. And and for the for the many listeners out there, Sky Beauty was champion older filly in 1994, trained by Mr. Jerkins. Alan, as a trainer, husband, and father, uh, what is important? for you in your life and at this stage in your life and your career that you want others to know about Alan Jerkins? Well, I'm still trying hard to, and I still enjoy going out to the barn every day and seeing all, all the people there and all the, all the nice horses. And I chat with some of my friends about 
their horses too. And uh, I don't have as many horses as I used to have. So, but uh, I have I get on my pony and go out there and do the best I can. And I'm hoping I can win some more stake races, and some more races. That's oh, I, for my wife too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, you better do it because she'll have you out there twice as much. Are, are there many trainers that uh, stop by your barn uh, for a little bit of advice and a little chit chat? Well, they see me out on the track most of the time, and uh, but um, you know, it's so it's just good to get out. You know, if you're in the hospital and you can't get out there, you sure miss. You sure know how much you want to get back out there again. Well, I I, I couldn't imagine uh, you not you not being out there or on the track or not even seeing your name in the in the racing form for that matter. For the many trainers that are in waiting and for those that are currently working, uh, what advice would uh, would Chief give to those following in your footsteps? Well, yeah, I think the, the, the only way that you can really get to, to be a trainer is to, is to be an assistant trainer, and, to, and, and assistant trainers have to work even harder than the trainers because they have to be there all the time. I don't see how anybody could learn to be a trainer unless he learns to be an assistant trainer and he's good at it to start with. Then he has to get somebody to give him some horses to naturally and have faith in him to get started. I don't know how else you could do it. And it's much harder. I think it's harder to get started today than it used to be. That that was my main question for you. You know, from what you're seeing now, are there people that are patient enough that that may have that may have imparted knowledge to you and helped you along with your career? Are there people patient enough now that will actually take the time? Well, not not too many. Uh, you have to, if you don't do good pretty quick, you know they'll they'll get discouraged and and then they, and then a lot of people have a lot of advisors nowadays too. People that couldn't make a training, they advise it. They advise the owners what to do. I don't know why the owners pay that much attention to them, but I don't know. Well, Mr. Jerkins, I, I sure hope that you're going to be uh, around for quite a long time uh, imparting advice, wisdom, and sharing uh, the, the likes of your trade with the many, the many hungry and willing people that are actually uh, smart enough to follow it. On behalf of Winning Pony, sir, I'd like to thank you for your time and, and let you know what an honor it has been for myself and Winning Ponies. We nice. wish you nothing but the best. And I know we're going to be seeing you in the winter circle soon, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Jerkins. Okay. It's been Alan Jerkins, giant killer. I'll say it now since he's gone there, but he goes by chief. And what a class act Mr. Jerkins truly was. I sure hope you caught all part of that. Well, it is time to head to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking about news and racing and final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Uh, hey, would you guess he's 82? Oh, I, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking time to join us. Hope you caught Mr. Alan Jerkins. Class act. Gentleman, 81 years old. 81 years young. Still imparting wisdom, saddling horses, and doing what he loves. I have to say that uh, that ranks as one of my favorites. And, and I say it week in, week out. Uh, have met no bad guys in the game. And I'm going to continue it on because Alan Jerkins was definitely a class act here. Let's get into the news of racing here. And uh, actually, we had Tom Lamar on last week. And Tom Lamar said he was going to talk about, talk about Michael Gill. And while we're going to talk about this, we're also going to pop on the Cincinnati Kid. Kid, are you there? What do you know, buddy? Hey, I'm just going to pop this head about Tom Lamar. You can chime in if you like. Tom Lamar promised to say he'd have more on the Michael Gill story here. I'll... I'll put it in a in a barrel with a bottom here. Uh, leading thoroughbred owner ejected from Hollywood Casino Penn National. Sold many of his horses. Doesn't mind getting out. According to Tom, in uh, the blood horse here, Gill, his horses were all ordered off the grounds of Penn National by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Commission. Continues to race at Philly Park. What do you think about that, kid? Tom promised that you know there was going to be more action and there was going to be more answers to this, and uh, you know. He says he lives 600 miles away, and he lives in New Hampshire. And he says, why is he ruled off? Shouldn't everybody be asking these questions? You know, he earned $3.1 million in purses, 
you know, last year, and, and now that's going to go to others, and he's he's got about 60 more horses left to sell. But, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, Gill's out of the game this time around. So, uh, you know, as, as Tom Lamar was pointing to last week, there's more to the story. Right. But you know what? I, I guess we're going to find out down the road. Kid, uh, I know you got some winners for us. Can you impart any wisdom? Uh, I hope so. Let's start with Friday morning in Dubai at Maidan, of all places. All you know, right. You know, I'd like to throw in a little international stuff whenever I can. We're going to turn to race seven here. It's the Al Fahidi Fort Stakes, a group two event over there in Dubai. This is a flat mile on the grass. I'm going to take a bit of a long shot here. I like the seven. Primo Loco here with George Baker in the irons. This horse just loves the one-mile distance. Six wins from seven starts at it. He can handle uh, all weather surfaces as well as turf surfaces. He's a group two winner in Germany over the grass. So let's look for him to get it done getting back off of the synthetic on the turf, which he seems to like better. Ten to one on the morning line looks like a good shot. You know, I, I saw the money they're running for made on. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it is ridiculous. Allowance race is going for $110,000. There's no race cheaper than $100,000, it seems, over there. It's just ridiculous. It is. It is off the hook. Incredible. Somebody's going to uh, retire before they're 40 for sure. Okay, <laughs> now that, that's one. Now, we got a grass race from you. What else do we got from Dubai? Uh, well, I'm actually done with Dubai. I'm coming back to the States here. Oh, you're going to travel back. You're done being international. Okay. Yeah. Now you're back to the U.S. Yeah, something I'm a little more familiar with. I'm turning to Saturday's card, Race 10 at the Fairgrounds, the $300,000 Risen Star Stakes. This is a group two, a correction, a grade two event. I don't want to get those two confused between group and grade, but this one at a mile and a 16th for three-year-olds on the Derby Trail here. I like the sixth, Drosselmeyer, in this race. Kent DeSormo stays aboard for Bill Mott. This horse has been really impressive since he's gotten on conventional dirt. He had tries over turf and poly. He was third, second, and second. He finally got on conventional dirt, and he's reeled off two straight wins here. I think he might be the class of this, really well-bred. Four to one might be a little too high for this one, but I like Drosselmeyer here in the Risen Star. I like Drosselmeyer a whole lot. It's a $600,000 sales Sales purchase from Keeneland. They tried the turf. They tried the poly. They off of the turf and was a win by six. Last time out, a nice allowance uh, victory after been training down in Payson Park for Billy Mott and Kent DeSormo. These guys only won 19% uh, last year together. I see that uh, Kent, uh, Kent J. DeSormo, or my friend calls him DeSormex, uh, I see him and Mott are going to be awfully, awfully tough on Drossmeyer, who's actually five four, five, and, you know, in the money. So uh, I'm going to go with you. Draw some R four to one, but uh, I'm hoping the price stays uh, right there with it. I'm we got so. Okay, now, now we've, we've got some Dubai. We've got some fairgrounds. we got anything else. Uh, one more for you. We're going to Gulfstream on Saturday. This is the Fountain of Youth Sticks, a grade two, going a mile and eighth down there. I'd like the two in this race, Buddy Saint, Jose Lescano for Bruce Levine, this horse, if it wasn't for the fact that he was DQ'd in September, would be three for three lifetime. He's just been impressive in all of his starts. One by four in the Remsen at Aqueduct. And the second place finisher, Pepe Nose, came back to win, I believe, the World Away up at Aqueduct last weekend. So that race might turn it out to be a key race. This one by St. Liam. Like I said, Lascano and Bruce Levine, they team up pretty well. Nice works down at Gulfstream. I like Buddy Saint in the Fountain of Youth.
I, once again, I agree with you completely. Now, you talked about winning the world away with Pepe Nose. That was a race when 85 and a 50, the overwhelming flavor, favorite, blew the turn, but it was a broken bit, and he, he suffered some stitches. But 85 and a 50, the overwhelming uh, favorite in the world way, is back to training for Gary Contessa, and I actually think he wants to go maybe six panels in preparation for uh, the, the Wood Memorial or a seven furlong race, maybe the Bay Shore. It's kind of up in the air, and he's, he's not ready to uh, put his finger on it. But uh, I, I, I agree with you on both of it. And in the, in the Dubai race, I had to defer to you because I know that you're way ahead of me on that one, my friend. Kid, thanks for, thanks for the call, and thanks for the selections. They are always, always welcome, and it's always good to hear from you. Hey, good to hear from you too, Eddie. Thanks, James. All right, we got another caller on board. We got Dangerous Dan. Somebody paid the ransom. He is backing out at it. What's going on, Ed? How are you, bud? Hey, yeah, I'm glad to hear your voice again. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to see they let you out of the closet. They paid the ransom, and uh, the wife must be, uh, you know, out with the ladies tonight. You're able to actually uh, give us some winners. Actually, no, she's here tonight, but uh, she uh, she gave me a hall pass. I guess you'd call it. <laughs> How's Miss Alyssa doing? Uh, she's she's doing well, Ed. She's sleeping comfortably right now. Hopefully she'll get a good seven, eight hours in a night and let us sleep. Is she going to make some trips to the track this year? Oh, yeah. She'll be over the river. We're going to do some pony rides, and uh, I'm sure you're going to buy us lunch at least four or five times, so we'll be good. <laughs> well, I'll buy those two lunch. You, on the other hand, you can eat more than I do, so you're out of the equation. <laughs> unless uh, that's unless you can give me some winners here now. Danny, lead us on with your picks. Well, uh, you guys kind of stole my thunder, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Uh, let's go to uh, Fairgrounds, the Risen Star. Uh, I love Drosselmeyer. Uh, Cincinnati Kid was speaking about it. Uh, you spoke about him. Uh, you know, Bill Mott, this horse come off a nice a couple months layoff, wins easily, did it professionally with the sore Mooney irons, stays with the horse. It's a nice 4-1 to one price. If you get 4-1 to one on him, you should take it. A horse that uh, I think that, that has a shot at beating him is the two, tempted to tap it. Tempted to tap it. The three-year-old gelding, Steve Claferis, trains this horse. They put blinkers on him for his maiden win at Aqueduct on the inner dirt. It was muddy that day. But he won by 11 and posted a 100 buyer. And if you look back at the works it, since that race, he, he seems to have uh, – he's either growing up or the, or the blinks are, are making a huge difference in this horse's uh, times. You know, he had five furlongs in a minute. It was three out of 47 that day, five furlongs and 59 and four, was second out 28. And then he had a nice little breeze on February 15th for four and 48, and going four furlongs and 48. So, you know, I think they're bringing this horse into this race uh, the right way, and I look for if he improves, you know, he just ran 100 buyer breaking his maiden, you know, they don't know what the upside is on these tappet horses yet. I agree with the Drosselmeyer pick. Uh, with you, the kid, and myself, I, I think there's 5 million pounds on this. There's no way we're going to see 4-1. to one. That you can bank on. Yes, definitely. And, uh, and in, the, in the Fountain of Youth, Ed, uh, I look for Aikenite to improve. Uh, Buddy Saint looks like the horse to beat. Uh, Aikenite has had nothing but trouble. Uh, he's Alan Garcia, trained, trained by Todd Pletcher. Um, if you take a look, uh, he, he, every the Holy Bull, he was bobbled and bumped. Juvenile, he uh, steadied in, in deep stretch. And the hopeful, you know, he broke slow and was wide. I mean, if this horse ever puts a nice run together, he, you know, we don't know what his best is yet. And Buddy Saint, though, looks like the goods. But I'm going to take a shot at Aconite beating him. 
I think you you got a powerful runner there, two off the poly, and and you are right, Dan. Uh, there's there's been a lot of problem lines there in the comments section. You know, I don't think they know how good this three-year-old colt by Yes is True really is. If you go back to the Breeders' Futurity Grade One at Keeneland on the Poly, runs very noble. They're five wide and close, and then the maiden break. After that, it was broke slow and wide, steady deep stretch, bobbled and bumped at the start. But go back two races ago, Vale of York and looking at Lucky. Now, I mean, there's hardly anybody in here that that's fought those kind of a bears. Exactly, and, and you know, um, if, if people are looking at Jackson Ben, and Jackson Ben, uh, here no evil was a sprinter, and uh, I, he may be able to run a mile and a sixteenth mile eight. There's no way that horse. I would bet that horse in the Derby, um, but in these little prep races, you know, he could hit the board. You know what? Why I have you online here with this? Uh, you know, with Buddy Saint, I'm going to use a tonight. I kept going to Paulson with Mike Smith and Patrick Biancone. You know, I'm going to throw out that Breeders' Cup Juvenile was 14 to one. But if you go back and look at Paulson's three-year-old colt, I include uh, Son of Broad Brush, uh, been doing very well. And, and you know, you really can't slight much of him. And the only time he really got dusted besides the Juvenile was in a maiden break against Looking at Lucky. Yeah, and I love the bring, you know, include by Stravinsky Mayor. Uh, the connections are top notch. You know, Brian Cohn had his little issues and, uh, he's back training. And, you know, he, he had, uh, he had 12 winners last year from 125 starters for only 10%. This year already he's batting 18%. He used two for 11. And, uh, you know, th this guy, uh, I, I give him a chance to, you know, I forgive him for, you know, I believe it was, was a snake venom or something, you know, but we all make mistakes. We all learn from him, and hopefully he's back and uh, got a clean nose now, Ed. You know what? I'll agree with you, and we'll let it go with that, Danny boy. Dan, thanks for the call. It is great to hear from you. I know that people love to hear from you, and I know you got a contest brewing probably tomorrow night, don't you? Yeah, I'll probably see you on the other side of the room, Ed. I'll wave at you and say, hey. Hey, <laughs> will you at least give me one winner? <laughs> I'll give you one. You want one for the contest tomorrow? Sure. Sassy Christine in the first race. That's all I needed to know. All you right. know what? If I just get one out of you, that's like uh, breaking into Fort Knox. Hey, real Danny, quick, thanks Ed, you, you got a second? Real quick, <laughs> I wanted to say uh, congratulations to Earl Rose, our buddy down in uh, down in Louisiana. He he owns. Uh, he has a. He's an owner of his first winner. Breezing Intensity won the fifth race at Fairgrounds on Monday, his first wintering, winner as an owner. The congratulations goes out to Mr. Earl, and, and he also uh, hooked us up with Mark Guidry uh, when we had him on as a guest, did he not? That is true. There's not many people better in this business than Earl Rose. You know what, Danny? I, I haven't found too many bad people, and you know there was a blog that I actually put out for the one. Uh, if there was one jerk, I could point out fifty really great guys, and and I think he just fits into the category of uh, of so so many in the great game of racing. Dan, always good to hear from you. Hope you call in more often and get a hall pass occasionally, and and let us know what's happening with you, my friend. All right, Ed. Take care. All right, thanks again, Dan. That's been dangerous, Dan, the Cincinnati kid, back to back the daily double. Man, what more could you want? Well, let's kind of finish up here with a little bit of a little bit of news from around uh, what is going on here. Got kind of a one-two punch here in the state of Ohio, where I actually work. Uh, the Ohio Secretary of State Jennifer Bruner launched an investigation, who's funding a conservative group pushing a ballot aimed at blocking horse racing tracks from getting slot machines. Well, well, well. LetOhioVote.org is up to no good. Well, she only issued seven subpoenas, and I think they're going to get to the bottom of it. 
Well, boys, maybe the, maybe the tide has turned. Maybe the little guy does get one. So, pressure's rising on track wages here. Five thoroughbred trainers charges underpaying backstretch workers face possible alliance revocation for the refusal to make payments. Come on, guys. Pay them. They work. Pay them. Seventeen trainers still owe the state a combined $107,000. Put them on notice or make them lose their license if they can't live up to it. HRTV to sponsor a horse festival coming soon to Lexington, September 25th through October 10th. It's designed to complement the World Equestrian Games, eight world championships, the Horse Capital Productions, HRTV, 24-hour broadcasts, Broadband Network, dedicated to horse racing, horse sports, reached an agreement for the network to be the presenting sponsor of the 2010 International Equestrian Festival scheduled for Lexington this fall. I think I'll probably have to cruise on Tanner because guess what? Keen will be in session, pull a little double-dipping duty. Kind of sounds good to me. All right, looks like we can get a little bit of handicapping in. We've had some handicappers call in. We've had a great trainer call in. I'm about as pleased as a man could actually be. Let's start with the 10th of Fairgrounds, a grade two risen star. I, I like the six Drosselmeyer, four to one. Kenta Sorma and Billy Mott, they just team up so well together. Five for five in the money. And actually, once they come off the poly in the turf, I think they found just what makes history occult by distorted humor click. A $600,000 Keeneland salesperson I alluded to. They've tried every service, and Drosselmeyer's been honest. And I think at four to one, you'd be getting a Christmas gift early, way, way early. But I don't see four to one. But I do see Drosselmeyer as the play in the Risen Star. And by the way, it just seems like yesterday Risen Star was actually running to me for uh, for Mr. Russell uh, down there in the uh, gold and black colors. The 11th at Gulfstream, the Honey Fox, a grade three on Saturday, a mile on the turf. Plenty of pace in here. Plenty of pace, and uh, it leads me to the outside. And uh, actually, if she gets in, which I really don't foresee it to be a problem, in the position 13, Quiet Harbor, Eddie Castor and Shug McGahee. This girl is two for two on the Gulfstream circuit, and i got to love that distance. Four starts and three wins. In last race, X is off a big-time win, and Shug McGahee comes back to win 20%. I see Quiet Harbor in the grade three Honey Fox at Gulfstream Park. Let's jump around a little bit. Eighth race at San Anita. We got the China Doll, and it's a one-mile turf event in here. And I like the six. That is in the slips. Victor Espinosa for trainer Jeff Mullins. Mullins winning 22%, one for one at Santa Anita. You have to like that. The last race out was a was an impressive uh, closing effort just to win by a head as the overwhelming favorite. Third time in the country, maybe the charm. Jeff Mullins knows how to get him to the winner's circle. That is in the slips. The eighth race at Santa Anita. Ninth race at Santa Anita, the seven furlong San Carlos Handicap, a grade two event. See, I told you, they're starting to pop out now. I like dancing in silks here. Joel Rosario for Carla Gaines is five for six in the money at Santa Anita with his five-year-old gelding. Uh, I really think the time off might be the uh, might be the answer. Here. Second time off of a layoff as a beaten favorite. She only wins 25% of the time. Joel Rosario, no stranger at all to the winner's circle. That is in the San Carlos, and that is dancing in silks. 
out of Santa Anita. Let's jump to Aqueduct, race number four. That is the rare treat this Saturday. And I like life at 10. Richard Migliori and Todd Pletcher. Pletcher's winning 36% of the time. Migliori has fought everything but bears up there. He's he's taken a couple falls, and, and he's, he's about as tough as they actually come. He's one heck of a competitor. I like the way this five-year-old mare by Malibu Moon looks. And uh, life at 10 gets it done for me in the rare treat, the fourth race at Aqueduct this weekend. Tenth race at Gulfstream. We left it out. The Fountain of Youth. I had to shuffle it in. I just said it earlier. Buddy St. Bruce Levine and Jose Lescano. I say uh, beating Peppy Nose in the world away might have been a better race than we actually know, but I'm going to go with Buddy St. in the Fountain of Youth. I'm going to agree with the kid and Danny uh, Dangerous Dan. I, I think that they, they both are right. Tampa Bay, seventh race. Is the Tampa Bay $150,000 on the turf? Gio Ponti making his his big run here in 2010 ran a dirty second against Zenyatta in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Been training nicely at Payson Park. So I like Gio Ponti just as a tuner up. Ramon Dominguez going down to Tampa Bay. You're going to get three to five. And three to five on the opening. But remember, there's pick threes and pick fours down at Tampa Bay. Take advantage of all of that and be sure to check your tier levels because Gio Ponti might make a pick four. A pick three. Seventh race at Golden Gate Fields, the El Camino Real Derby. Uh, and, and this is a grade three event. I like the eight in here, and that's kind of my era. Russell Bass for Todd Pletcher. Pletcher out there. And I'm telling you what, he's actually sent two out, and he has a win in a second. This is a really nice colt by Giants Causeway, and I like it a whole, whole lot. That is in the seventh race at Golden Gate Connemara. Back to Gulfstream we go, the seventh race there. Got him shuffled around a little bit. I like Lakeside Chapel in the seventh race, a mile on the turf. Julian Lepreux for Frank Alexander. Race number eight at Gulfstream on Saturday, the Great Two Hutchinson. And it comes down, and it's only a little warm for me. Jeremy Rose for Anthony Dutro, who is winning 32%. This three-year-old cold by Storm and Fever gets the money. And then I'm going to end up with a Canadian turf handicap here. And it's just going to be all number seven courageous cat with Garrett Gomez and Billy Mott teaming up together. Well, time flies definitely when you're talking about thoroughbred racing and winning ponies. I'd like to thank Mr. Alan Jerkins for being our special guest of the week, Dangerous Dan, and the Cincinnati Kid for calling in and you for tuning in. So until next week when we'll be meeting again, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.